I am a strong black woman, and I still believe in black love. Although I'm not just waiting around for love to find me, I believe in cultivating black love. So hey everybody, welcome to the Black Love Recovery Channel. I'm Mel and today I have with me Ahmad and Toya who are going to be sharing their Black love story with us today. So before we dive into the interview, I would like to give you guys the opportunity to just introduce yourselves real quick, share a little bit about yourselves and what's going on. All right, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's not ladies first today. Yeah, we all right. You know, I feel like a man should lead anyway. Let me get out here. Okay. Do what I need to do. I make sure I make sure the coast is clear. <laughs> you know nice. what I'm saying? You know, yeah, you know. All right. So uh, my name is Ahmad Rashad. Um, uh, went to school at Grambling State University, military brat, go Navy. Okay. Um, and uh, traveled. Uh, I claim Virginia and Bermuda. And um, so I'm kind of like East Coast Caribbean type, you know. Okay. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, trust me, I'm not I'm not Caribbean at all, but it sounds nice. Okay. Like my, my story sounds better. My story will always sound better. You know that. My okay. Story sound better. And, uh, yeah, and I and I and I, I I'm in the liberal arts, so I'm into everything like film, theater, nice. dance, art uh painting stuff so but currently i i work full-time for a um a, a, a radio station called power 77 radio okay. where i am the program director and i also teach people how to podcast nice but i'm, I'm not gonna judge this video i'm not gonna judge the way you're talking <laughs> okay okay like, yeah. you know, this is my off time you know so. yeah. <laughs> nice and, and i'm a capricorn okay Cool. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Miss Toya. All right. Well, I'm Toya. I am originally from Dallas. Um, that's where we are. And um, what else? I by day I am a respiratory therapist. Um, I've been that for I don't, I'm not gonna say how many years, three, but three years. Longer than that. <laughs> okay. Um, so and on and my passion is actually giving marriage advice. Okay. Um, so yeah, man, um, we, we have a six-year-old uh, in first grade and um, I guess that's about it. Yep. You okay. Notice I had her say all of the things that's um, family oriented, you know, mm -hmm. like I said, everything else but the family. And she comes <laughs> in like, yeah, don't forget, we got a six-year-old kid. Yeah, <laughs> we've, been, we've been married for 10 years. Oh, okay. See? Hell. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, got him. Wow, we're I love there. the we're energy. September, September when? 25th. All right, let me check you. Make sure. So, sometimes I get it mixed up. Look, September see, 25th is what? Here. It's the other way around here. September 25th is what? I missed that. Oh, I'm sorry. That's our anniversary. Okay. September 25th is anniversary. All right. Yeah, and this yeah. 10 years, see, right? 10 years. 10 years. Yep. And sometimes she forgets. So, we got to make sure she stay on top of that. You know okay. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. You know, yeah, look, look, she be like, why you buy me flowers today? Oh, oh. It's not bad, Mel. It is not My story sounds better. Here we go. Here we go. My story sounds better. Uh, Get ready. Get ready, because he's he going to be coming. All right, all right. 
<laughs> but thanks for having us. We're happy to be here. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm happy to have you guys here. Thank you so much for making the time to share with the community and to help plant some seeds of Black love and what that looks like. I'm loving the energy and I'm loving the vibes yeah. right now. Yeah, I see Wilbur, baby. Who we got in the picture? Yeah. Oh. This this is L. We can't forget about the dog, right? <laughs> we, we lift her up. So look, look. she needs a cut. We rescued her. But anyway. <laughs> wow, nice. Started out as my dog. And now it's his dog. So she loves him. So yeah. I didn't even want a dog. I was like, we're not getting a dog. Yada, yada, yada. This is before we had our son. Yeah. This is like, what, seven years ago? Uh-huh. Eight years ago, something yeah. like that. Yeah. She's like, I really want a dog. I grew up with dogs. Yeah. So she finally, you know, kept knocking on my door. Mm -hmm. And I gave in, you know, like a good man, <laughs> good husband. And I was like, you know what? Okay, we're going to go ahead and get you a puppy or whatever. Because she wanted right. a small dog. She's like, I just want a Yorkie. You're going to fit in the size of your hand. It's not even going to get any bigger than that. Mm -hmm. First bait and switch right there. She baited <laughs> and switched it. So bait we get the dog. So look, we get the dog, right? And I'm like, oh, the dog is adorable, whatever. So we made it. We, we compromised. Uh -huh. I said, okay, we'll get a dog. Because I wanted a Rottweiler. And she didn't want that. You know, I'm, I'm, look, I'm yeah. so nice and so East Coast, right? So she was like, no, I don't, I don't want a Rottweiler. I said, okay, well, let me, let's find a dog that has the colors of a rock. Okay. And compromise. So we compromised, right? Yeah. So, um, so we found one that's black with brown paws. And it worked. And let me tell you, not only did this Yorkie grow bigger than my hand, which mm -hmm. was like, are you kidding me? We're supposed to get a toy Yorkie. But I got tricked. <laughs> Yeah. And, we, and both got we, we both got tricked. So it wasn't a toy Yorkie, but really I'm glad we didn't. But that's a side note. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy that we got a full blood, uh, a grown Yorkie, a real Yorkie, right? Mm -hmm. it, but the cool thing is this God is so good. That Yorkie is supposed to change colors. Like as it gets older, what? you know, we've had, we've had our dog Lady L for over 10 years. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we've had her for 10 years now. And she's still the same color. She has not turned blue or silver or anything. So I got what I wanted. Uh -huh. That's my dog. It's my dog. <laughs> okay, I see how that works. I see how that works. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't even trying to get it though, you know? But <laughs> You know? Nice, nice. Wow. I really love the energy between you two. Um, let's <laughs> go ahead and dive into the first question that we have here, which is how did you guys meet each other and what attracted to you guys in the first place? Oh man, that's so long ago. I will tell this, I will answer this question. You can get the next question. Okay. So we I went out with some girlfriends. Um, it was somebody's birthday, and we it was at Club Blue in downtown Dallas, mm -hmm. go out there. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to have a real good time. You know, I'm not going to worry about God. You know how we are. We go out and we're like, oh, I wonder, is anybody going to come try to holler? You know, anything. Like, we're just, is tonight going to be a good night? You know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Is somebody going to ask me for my phone number? I don't know. This night, I said, I'm going to go out and I'm just going to have fun. I'm not even going to worry about all that. And I just want to have a good time. So yeah. I did that. But one thing I did do, yes. because I'm there with a big group of women, I truth. said, you know what? Guys don't really like to come to you. Now, this was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I was like, guys don't really want to come talk to you if you're around a whole bunch of women. So I said, let me step away from the crowd mm -hmm. and go somewhere by myself mm -hmm. and just see what happens, uh -huh. you know? And that's what I did. And a friend of his actually came and talked to me first. And then, and I'm not, I'm gonna keep this short because we have a lot of questions to answer. 
And later on, he came and talked to me, you mm -hmm. know, asking for my number. I and, stole it um, from my own friend. <laughs> and that's pretty much how it happened. Uh -huh. He kind of whispered in my ear because yeah. we're at a club. So number yeah. one. I put that key sweat on it. He didn't holler, <laughs> you know. You know, in the club, when people like holler because it's uh -huh. loud, music is loud. Yeah. But what a one thing he did was he actually came and just whispered in my ear. Yeah. So he didn't, you know, it didn't hurt my ear. Anything. Never yell in the club. Just, just, <laughs> so, you should whisper in the club. Not so, trying to say, I, I, really, don't find anyone in the club. But I'm just saying, so, like in our situation, it just happened to be like that. Like, like I said, uh -huh. awesome. Awesome. so. Yeah. So he whispered in my ear. So I'm like, okay, that was okay. That's different. I like that. Number one, check, good, right? And then number two, I said, huh, I don't hear a southern accent. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm from Texas. Yes, and I was always attracted to an East Coast accent. I just right. liked it. I like different, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, he is not from Texas. Who is this? And then when, she, but when you turned around, where was I? As soon as you said, who is this? And she turned around. Where was I? Gone. Like, you saw. You saw the movie. Uh, you saw Will the movie. Hitch? Yep. So remember in the beginning when he bought her the drink and then just walked away. I need to sue uh, the director and Will Smith for that movie because they used my likeness in that entire movie. Yeah, because I did that movie prior to the movie. I see. So, yeah. He got wow. my attention because he. Whispered, he had an East Coast accent, yeah. and he wasn't trying to get my number immediately. Mm -hmm. He walked away, he kind of dropped that nugget and walked I away. See. Yeah, so walked it was. Okay, so that's like strategy right there, huh? <laughs> well, you, know, you know, you just gotta, you know, you gotta know, you gotta have a plan when you go into these things. Nice. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's good. So that's how we met. And she was shining as bright as this light right here on our faces. Mm -hmm. See, you ain't got to add all that. So crazy. That's amazing. <laughs> so the next question I had for you guys is, during your dating and courting process, was there ever a period of time where you called it quits and maybe stopped talking to each other as romantic interests? And if yes, please share a little bit about that. If not, share about why you feel that was not the case. All right, I got this one too. Yeah, because you know, the thing is like, I don't want to answer all the hard questions. Look, look, look. Go ahead. Let's, just, let's just keep it real. Mm -hmm. So after that night of meeting at the club, mm -hmm. we yeah. talked for probably like six months. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but we were young, okay? I was probably 21, I think. I was literally like 21 and he was probably like 23, 24, okay? Yeah, you know, we date so, ourselves now, we old. But they don't know... Anyway, that's okay. You said a so, long time ago. I said a long time. You're right. You're right. So anyway. I mean, five years is a long time. I mean, go ahead, though. <laughs> so um, we, we dated for about six months. Yeah. And um, and then that's when he came up to me. And and even though my feelings was hurt, my pride was hurt, but I had a, a, a level of respect for him still. This is what he said to me. He said, I really like you. Mm -hmm. You are wifey material. Yeah. And he was like, but I got to be honest. He said, I'm, I'm not ready. I wasn't ready. I'm not ready. And so he was just like, so I just, I think we need, we could be friends. Right, yeah. He was like, but I'm not, I mean, you know, we, I'm not ready for And this. I did it, I did it like legit. Like we, yeah. we went and we, we sat down outside, you know, uh, yeah. on, on, we sat down like uh, on the curb and we just kind of had a conversation. Yeah. Nice. And, and then when I got up, you know, I kicked the curb. Kicked the, to the, huh? 
<laughs> so I actually, I literally like kicked Toy into the curb. Like, like I don't down. like you saying it like that. But like, that's what happened though. Like we but, sat down on a curb. Oh my God. That I kicked you to the curb. But I respected it because at that time, it was well done, I right? was wait, I was I was in school. Mm -hmm. I was still in respiratory school. I was doing an internship at a hospital. And I was doing an externship at a hospital. Hmm. And, at, you know, and I mean, not just at that time, today. Like, it's right. so easy when you're busy. It's easy to just be like, well, she's busy. I can, I can have her and have whoever else I want on the side. So the fact that um, he actually sat me down and said, you know, your wife material and I'm not ready for that. It yeah. ended I wasn't ready. our little relationship that we just started. The fact that he ended it and respected me enough to, right. to be honest with me, that's when I was just like, you know what? I really like this dude yeah. because any other guy would be like, she ain't gonna know. You know, because we weren't we right. weren't seeing each other every day because right. I was well, that's like the what was it, the bait technique um technique again? I see that happening again, huh? Yeah, I was just you see, I had a, I see look, I had a strategy to get in and I had an exit strategy too. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just what it was. And I, I mean, I was like, yeah. look, I was just a gentleman all the way through. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I've always been honest with Toya. And I think yeah. that's the whole point was I didn't want to like, okay, look, there's some women I didn't want to be honest to, right? And there's there's women out there that are getting the lie yeah. from the guy. Yeah. And there's a woman that a guy is truly being honest with and being totally transparent. And yeah. she's probably hating him for it. But that's really a good sign at that moment because she was mad that I was being so transparent. But ultimately, it was something that that uh, laid a, a true foundation in our relationship down the line. Right. You know, when we when we reconciled, when she was like, "Come calling me," she was like, "I miss you. Come back in a year. Where are uh -huh. you?" <laughs> I love that. Can you both share a little bit more about that as far as like having that conversation, the mentality, first of all, Ahmad, to have the conversation from a man's perspective, because I really respect that. And I think a lot of women would respect, you know, rather than the yeah. ghosting, rather than, you know, some of the other things women experience, being yeah. honest, just sit down, have that honest conversation. Yes, she may be upset or whatever, but like you said, it's being honest and being transparent. And like you said, Toya, it builds that level of respect. Like, okay, he respects me enough to like tell me the truth and not leave me mm -hmm. on or leave me, you know, hanging. So can you talk a little bit more to that? Um, oh, what'd you say? Yeah, Anybody. both of you. Yeah. yeah both go of ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, all right, fine. You know, I, I, I'll lead again. No mind, no mind, <laughs> me. All right, so, uh, so basically, um, I mean, guys, like, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for me, like, I, I just think, like, at that state of mind, I don't think that I knew exactly what I wanted. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I knew. I just, I knew what I didn't want, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think for, for a man to know what he doesn't want at the time, he later on realizes that's what he should have gotten, that's what he needs. Like, a man is always, like, retrospective he's like man like that's the one or that's the one I should have you know done better with or, or whatever whatever so I feel like that's what happened to me was I saw that she was bringing in elements to my life that was wifey material and I didn't want to like hurt a heart you know stuff like that because I was hanging around like 
different a different crowd, like a completely different crowd than what Toya, <laughs> Toya represents. Yeah. You know, like my crowd was like, you know, saying like, you know, we were like uh, point dexters and we wore like pocket protectors and stuff like that, you know. And we talked <laughs> like this. So she couldn't she couldn't really relate to that. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to hurt you and have you around all these high intelligent individuals, you know. And and so that. So that's so that's basically you know how how we ended up you know breaking it off and, and I just realized that she was just something uniquely different and since she was different that left a mark in my mind saying hey you know what when I'm ready to leave these groups of people then this is the one that I kind of that I know I want to be with because right. she has stability she had goals she had all of that and and I was going to tarnish her if I stayed with her mm -hmm. right. No, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. It was just when I eat, like, again, my feelings was hurt. My pride was hurt, but it was like, but man, like he really, he really said, like I had never um, had a true, I was never brokenhearted by anybody. I'd never gone through that. And I mean, at that time I was 21, you know, so I hadn't really been in an adult relationship yet. Um, I hadn't really been cheated on anything like that. So I hadn't gone through all of those hurts. So the fact that I was like, oh man, like he could have done that to me. Yeah. You know, he could have continued a relationship with me and I find out about all kinds of stuff on the side, you know? Right. So at the time it was just like, man, I really like this dude. Now I kind of like him more than expecting <laughs> me, you know, to like, cause I'm like, it doesn't See? matter. I mean, I'm 21. See? So it's like, whether we get back together in the future or not, like I respect the fact that he was honest with me. Right. So I can be his friend or, you know, whatever. Like I don't, at that, at that point I didn't know, but it was just like, okay, like, like I don't hate him. Like, right. all right, that was that was a new experience, you yeah. know. Just keep it, just keep it real with the person you with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter how the breakup is if you're dating. You know, if it's, it's like a job, right? If you if you leave a job in a in good standing, you know what I'm saying? Then then you kind of want to do the same thing with someone you're dating with, right? Because it's all a relationship. You're working. Right. It's yeah. a relationship. I like that. So, you know, people are hypocritical, man. They'll put in a two-week notice and be all legit and everything and save a, a business relationship, but then they won't do what, what you need to do to Love save your, your your actual dating relationship. Instead, right. you go out and start cheating and doing all kind of yada, yada, yada. Right. Instead of just saying, hey, this is not working anymore. Let me break up with you before I cheat. Yeah, yeah. I love the analogy on that one. And what you guys are saying is kind of tying into the next question that I had, which was, um, how was it like picking right up back up where you guys left? Because you said that it was like really easy to just pick right back up. And it sounds like you guys ended on a good note. You had that friendship to just like tap right back in and pick up where you left off at. Right. 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 Yeah. So honestly, um, she just missed me. Honestly, <laughs> what happened was like after that, I think I, we only talked one time. Right. Like, we didn't text. We didn't, well, back then, texting wasn't huge. I had a two-way page at that time. So, you know, I was so a little was, bit, you know. <laughs> you know, so anyway, don't be trying to age us, baby. So, but at that time, like, yeah, like, we had that conversation. And I want to say, like, we, we talked one time. Mm -hmm. And then a whole year went by. <laughs> Um, and we did not speak at all. 
Um, so we weren't friends, you know, we literally just stopped, but I still respected him, yeah. but we, you know, we just completely cut it off. Yeah. And uh, me, this, this is how we ended up getting <laughs> back together. Don't shake your head. Okay. Oh, <laughs> it's, 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 Here it comes. Okay. Here it comes. This is what happened. This is what happened. I was trying to, I was with a coworker. So at this time I'm finished with respiratory school. I am working full time at a hospital. So me and a friend of mine who was a nurse, we were like, hey, let's go out, you know? So we're driving around looking for this new club that they were promoting on the radio, never been there before. And they started talking about it on the radio station. And we can't, we're circling around downtown, can't find it. And um, so then I'm just like, well, let's just call the radio station and see exactly where it is, right? <laughs> oh yeah, how convenient. But <laughs> he worked at the radio station. He was uh -huh. a DJ. Um, so I called the radio station. Now, I didn't even know he was on. No, yes, I did. I did. I knew he was working because he was the DJ, right? <laughs> but from a year ago when we were dating, I knew that when he worked, he didn't answer the phone. It was always somebody else that answered the phone. The on-air DJ sometimes answers, but mostly doesn't, okay? Uh -huh. uh, somebody else. So anyway, I called the radio station and I'm just like, hi, we're looking for such and such club. And I was like, oh my goodness. Amai just answered the phone. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, wait. So, so then I'm just thinking, well, I'm not even gonna say anything. I'm just gonna get the directions and then hang up and go. Like, I'm not gonna say anything. So I, he gave me the directions. He's like, hold on, hold on. What's your name? And I was like, oh, shoot. Then he's just like, your voice sounds familiar. What, what's your name? And I was just like, Toya. And then he's like, Toya. He's like, oh my goodness, I've been thinking about you. I got a new phone. I don't have your phone number anymore. And he's like, can you please give me your phone number? How have you been doing? Oh my goodness, I've been on my mind. And I was just like, whatever you know that's what i'm thinking like yeah whatever you know but let me just get off the phone because you know we've been there done that like it's fine uh -huh. and so anyway he's like well can you give me your number again and i just said okay that's fine so we get off the phone and uh, me and my friend go to the club have fun whatever and then i'm telling myself like you know what that's really cool that he remembered me i do not expect him to call me uh -huh. like, that's, no it's fine you know what i'm saying like he don't have to do that so, <laughs> but this dude called the, the very, he called me the very next day okay. and we talked every day since. Nice. Yeah. And she missed out on some, some really key elements, but the reason why she don't want me to say that is because my story sounds <laughs> Well, hey, I would love to hear it. What's your no, she don't want to tell me no. She yeah, she was star struck. She was star struck. She was star struck. You don't want to hear it, man. Yeah. I said the truth. Okay. That's it. I see where it's going. Okay. okay. When, we, when, we, when we turn up at the end of the interview, we'll tell you the story. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. All right. So the next question that I have is what would you say has been the best part of being married? Best part Ooh. of being married for me? But it's all about friendship for me. Like a marriage to me is I'm married to my best friend. Like that's that's the main thing for me. Um, and and I feel like if you're married to your best friend, then like you have fun no matter what. Yeah. Like like even when you go through like the, the tough times, right? 
um, and you're not having fun, then it's, it's that loyalty, right? That a friend gives you, you know, they have your back. You're not fighting against each other. You're fighting for each other, right. you know? And then when you're back, you know, life is good again. You're back having fun. You're high-fiving each other, et cetera. But, it's, but, but that's a true friendship, right? So we, we talk about growing up and having best friends and all that. You don't really know what a best friend is until you get married mm. and you live with them. You know, so your best friend is really that person that you marry and you live with. That's the ultimate test to your friendship, you know? And uh, and I just feel like that's the most important thing for me. And that's the most rewarding thing is uh, Toya's friendship. Mm. Nice. Toya? And, and for me, the best thing about marriage is I guess just the growth that happens, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so as a woman, you know, you grow up like thinking of your wedding day and thinking of life and, you know, job and kids and just, you know, all those things that we think of as girls. And, you know, I grew up where it was just like, hey, Toy, you can do whatever you want. And, you know, I finished school, had a good job at a very young age. And it's just like, oh, Toy, you're good. You're good. You know, just my family encouraging me. And then when I got married, I realized like, no, nah, I ain't that good. You know, like, honestly, like I, re I learned so many things that I had to improve on when it came to just being a wife, mm -hmm. um, you know, and just the servanthood that it takes, the sacrifice that it takes, um, not so much of what we just see on the surface of the travel trips and all the nice pictures and the dates and, you know, all these types of things. So it's just like when you see what it really is and just how you improve as a person and then you two are improving together, like. Cause I am so not the girl that he married 10 years ago. You know, I'm, I'm a totally different woman now. So just the growth that it takes in marriage and really learning all of that to do better, you know? Right. So I, I think that's most important because without me being married, I don't know how, who I would be. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, I would say ratchet, <laughs> but I would be very selfish. I would be very, very selfish <laughs> in surface, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, because that's that's who I was before, you know, so. I and I would still be perfect. I would still be perfect no matter what. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wanted to um, ask you, Toya, if you wouldn't mind diving a little bit more into the transitioning um, mindset and what mm -hmm. was it like for you? Because I feel that a lot of singles can relate to that. I know that like when it comes to marriage, like you said, a lot of us have like this fantasy of what it's like, or we don't even really think and consider, you know, that it's really a mentality to serve others. It's really a mentality to, you know, be selfless. So can you speak a little bit more to that transition for other singles out there that are going to be listening? Yeah. So um, I hate that it took this, but it really took us almost divorcing for yeah. me to really, really see it. Um, so my husband is very uh, sensitive. I wasn't going to say sensitive, but you are. So we'll say <laughs> he, he is very sensitive. He's more, I'm very uh, tough. <laughs> so he, he's sensitive. He likes to communicate. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what his degree is in, mass communication. So he's all about that. And I didn't grow up seeing that, you know, I'm just more like, well, if, if you want it done a certain way, you just do it and you move on. Like, you know, we watch a movie and he's just like, what do you think of the movie? It was a movie. What you want, to, what you want for dinner? You know, like, well, gotcha. so that's me. I had to really learn. But for us, we kind of went through a moment where we just really struggled in our marriage. And that's when I really had to say, oh my goodness, like what is going on here? What, and I, that's when I really had to take 
a look at myself and say, okay, what have I been doing all these years in this marriage? What have I done? What has he done? What has he asked me to do? What have I asked him to do? And that's when I realized like, man, you know, he has really improved and me, myself, I just thought everything will work out without me doing any work, you know, on myself. And so that's when I had to learn, like, okay, I need to learn to communicate. I need to learn how to really become a better listener. I need to learn how to not put myself and my own needs first and really listen to him and say, like, look, this is my husband. You know, like, I need to make sure that he's safe and he's comfortable here and that he's happy, you know? Right. So, yeah. See, and that's just because, like, of my upbringing, right, is, like, you know, I grew up uh close to my mother and to my sister you know my older brother he did his own thing and my father military he was gone so so i kind of picked up on you know their their traits of being uh observant and communicating and being peculiar in particular so a lot of times you know when she and i are you know um battling our cultures right you know, I'm usually the one that relates to the general woman in the, in the relationship, right? Um, as far as being communicative and mm -hmm. being sensitive and empathy and sympathy and all that. Yeah. Because when you're around your mother and your sister, you have no choice but to do that. Otherwise, you get popped. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so, so I was raised a certain way. So now that that's how I treat, which is why I made that tongue-in-cheek joke where I said I was perfect all the way through. Is, is simply because, like, I already knew going into a marriage that whatever type of man you are, you better stay like that at least a minimum and grow from there. Because if you go into a marriage as a man and you and you floss in a certain way, and then once you get married, you're not that same man anymore. Yeah, we're gonna be like, who did I marry? Yeah, you know exactly. And, and you see that a lot in in, yeah. in marriages. Because a man, you know, puts, you know, he's he's showing off his, his peacock feathers, you know, right. he wants to show how brilliant he is. Yeah. And, and you know, you know you're not, you know you're not gangster. You know? <laughs> you point that, point that. Hey, you know? I love that point. Can you actually like speak to that a little bit more? Um you want me preaching today? This is why Toy is answering all the questions, and I'm being the goofball because she knows. She knows. That I go in, you know. Hey, so. I know you go in. I can tell. <laughs> and we're going to get to that a little bit later, too. But I actually think that's a really good and interesting point where you brought up two things with as far as, you know, men being in tune with like being, you know, communication, like communication, because even with some of the couples that I've already spoke with, some of the men shared that, you know, they had to tap into that and they had to like, you know, be intentional, more intentional with communicating with their wives and asking intentional questions, making sure that like the miscommunications that they were having, that um, they were being intentional about understanding her perspective when she was communicating and might not have been, you know, she thought she was communicating in a way that he understood, but he didn't. So if you can right. speak a bit more from the man's perspective about men being in tune with, you know, being communi communication and being sensitive, that sort of thing. And also talk to the last point that you had just mentioned about, um, what did you say? About the peacock feathers. Oh, yeah. So, so men, you know, which is, first of all, is okay to you know, compete, right? Cause that's, that's what we do, right? We, we have to do what we need to do to capture the attention of the woman, right? It's okay to be like that, right? You know, that's, that's the fun part of dating, right? Um, but the thing is, is when you 
um, are, are, are flossing uh, a pair of feathers that, that you don't own. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, it's when you're trying to over exude yourself, it's when you're trying to be something that you're not, you know? And, uh, and it's like most women in general uh, prefer an authentic man, yep. you know? And, and if you have, you know, any flaws or things that you're struggling with, then that allows a woman to feel like that she's needed. So if a man can just open, just be real, just don't like what they say in the, uh, what real dating coaches say is, you know, we're always dating the representative, right? So at some point you want to get rid of the representative or don't put a representative in place that's, you know, not a representation of who you are, but you might be putting in a representative of someone who is someone different, right? You know, you act like the president of the United States, you know, and you uh, the president of your own, I don't know. Fleet club. Front door, your front yard. Yeah, friend of the fleet club. You know, I'm sticking with my point, Dexter. Oh goodness! Shout out to the nerdcore rappers in the world. You know. <laughs> so, but anyway, so but that's what it is. It's like so. So the solution to that is the sooner you be authentic, the, the sooner you're transparent, the sooner you're you're real. Then the the better it is for the woman that you're trying to impress. That were really impressive. Yeah. Right is to say, hey, you know what? I'm great in this area and these are the areas that I need work in. And then if the woman feels like that, hey, okay, this is a man that I can partner with, hmm. you know, and I see his flaws or whatever. Women, women are generally strong and they are willing to get their hands dirty and do things. Mm -hmm. But the men where our pride, our pride is what gets <laughs> in the way from allowing a woman to help us, you know? Mm -hmm. So let our women help us or whatever you know but this toxic masculinity and all that you know like that's what's destroying it you know yeah and, um, right now yeah oh, okay my bad okay i'm gonna pass the plate dude can we do like a patreon link oh my god <laughs> patreon link at the bottom oh my gosh <laughs> I actually don't have a patreon yet but you preach it right hey, now hey we're gonna start right now <laughs> Wow, I actually love how you brought up the um, angle with women feeling needed as well. That's actually something that I really hadn't even like really thought of, but I love how you brought up the angle of women feeling needed as well and creating that sense of partnership. Usually it's the men that I hear saying, you know, it's important for them to feel needed. And I've actually heard men say that they don't want their woman to be too independent because then what she need me for, you know? So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A woman is called that, like, I'm gonna go scripture. A woman is, is a helpmate, right? Like you're like, so it's like, it's nothing wrong with some help. Yeah. You know, when you're hearing music, you know, rap music talking about, I did this all on my own and stuff like that, that's a false narrative. Mm -hmm. It's like, nah, man, don't no one do anything by themselves. Right. Nobody. Not Drake didn't do it by himself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, no one does anything on this earth by themselves. Mm -hmm. And you can't, you know, have a, a relationship by yourself. Right. You know, we already know that's, well, you know what that's called if you have a relationship by yourself. So. <laughs> Wow, good stuff, good stuff, I love it. Let's go ahead and move on. I think you guys kind of touched on it a little bit, but I'm gonna go ahead and ask the question and you could add on more if you'd like. The next question was, what would you say you struggle with as an individual or as a couple being married and how did you find ways to make progress and solve those issues? What mm -hmm. strategies did you use to succeed? Um, and just share a little bit about that. Oh. Um. So when we were, building our marriage back up um that was when we were just we were being very intentional 
Um, so let me just fat, uh, rewind it just a little bit and go back a little bit. So we, um, we got saved, well, he got saved right before we got married. Um, and we both got baptized. He was baptized. I was re-baptized uh, the night before. So we didn't do bachelor, bachelorette parties. We were in church um, praying and all of that. Um, so that was kind of what we did. So throughout our marriage, we did missions together. We served in the couples ministry together, all of that. Um, and then we um, got to that point where we almost divorced. Yeah. And um, for us to rebuild, we really had to get back down to the foundation of Christ. Um, so we had to be intentional. Um, we were reading the word every day together, you know, praying together. And then we'd have our little, we call them Simmons Conference, yes. where we would ask each other questions. Um, so how are you feeling this week? Um, you know, where are you at? And um, what are you gonna do? Or, or what, what do I need to do to make it better? I can't remember exactly. But we had these questions that we would ask each other. We would sit down every Saturday mm -hmm. in the, here in our dining room table and we would talk about it so that we could slowly build back up to becoming friends again, you know? <laughs> so that was kind of what we did to really be intentional on building back up. So that's what I would say. We just had to be intentional. Instead of being busy and doing all these things and go, go, go and oh, we're fine, we watched the movie or right. we did, you know, we're serving in church together or we're traveling on missions together. It was more of making sure that Christ was our real foundation. Right. So when we got, we got there together, that's when everything started to align. Yes. Right. So, nice. so, so really from 2017 on, we really feel like, yeah. like this is, the way our marriage should have been right. in the beginning. You yes. know, we feel like the first 10 years, am I dating seven. ourselves again? The, the first, first seven, seven years, years of our marriage, we're not that <laughs> old, you know? But, uh, but, but we had like the first seven years of our marriage, it, I felt like it was more like you were kind of testing, you know, the waters, we're trying to figure each other out, yeah. learning more about, you know, us as individuals and marriage i mean marriage coming and, together as two broken people coming together as one and and honestly it's, it's so important to understand the couples that were in your life like i mirrored my parents yes. you know and he mirrored his parents right and his parents are still married and my parents divorced when i was in my 20s yeah um so the, our households were just totally different and I just knew like if I could just do better than my parents you know with our relationship then right. we're good right. but I really didn't look at what does that look like you know right. what does that really mean to do better than my parents because for me I'm like we're in church together we serve together you know we, we have date nights mm -hmm. so that's already better than my parents so in my mind I'm like we're good Right, you know, and he's looking at it like, no, no we need to be best friends. That. Yeah, because like my <laughs> you know? parents are best friends. They've been married for over forty years. Yeah, you know, you know my, my father being in the military for twenty years, so I've seen my mom raise kids on her own. You know, and it, I kind of have like a, an essence of a single mother upbringing. You know, single parent upbringing because my dad was just always out to sea working. You know, at that time, the navy was brutal, mm -hmm. <laughs> sending people out like that. Mm -hmm. You know, plus we went through a war. But anyway, so with that being said, um, you know, so I, I saw marriage, the loyalty of marriage, yeah. the, the friendship of marriage. I saw the intimacy of marriage. You know, my dad, he adores my mother. And right. my mom, you know, melts, you know, in his hugs. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, you know, so when you see that as a kid growing up, 
you know, you're like, okay, like I know what to do going into a marriage. And because I was raised by my mother and my, my youngest sister helping me out, you know, by paying attention and listening, you know, I'm thinking like, hey, I cannot be different than this once I go in, I need to be legit. The, yeah. the, the thing that I wish we should have done was premarital counseling. Yeah. You know, because if we had done that, then I probably would have said, hey, this is what my, this is my model of a marriage. Yeah. And then she could have realized like, okay, let's not worry about my model, her model, right? Yeah. And then she could have said, okay, let's model our marriage after my parents, you know? Not saying like, you know, we're steaming my parents over her parents or whatever. We're just looking at, you know, the fact that they, you know, had a different foundation going in. They're both believers and stuff like that. Yeah, so, so it was just, that would have really saved us a lot of issues. Right, in the beginning. In the beginning, yeah. if we could have said, hey, we're gonna model this marriage and 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 go forward from there. Right. Know? One of the things that I love that you guys have been bringing up is like, you know, becoming friends and focusing on building the friendship. I love how you said, Toya, about like, you know, we have like sometimes this checklist, like, yeah, we do activities together. We go to church together. We do all these things together. We even have date nights together. But you guys figured out for you that that still wasn't enough. and You need to do a little bit more. Can you speak more specifically to what it means, I guess, defining being the best friend and making that work? Was it like sitting down and having those like Simmon conferences and sessions, like just having those conversations about like maybe everyday things and maybe hard things like what was yeah. it that you, yes. you know we all want to know this it, it was, <laughs> oh my god it was it was all about serving honestly uh-huh. so i i've given this example before and i'm gonna say it like he would literally say hey babe you know i really want to watch this football game you want let's go to the bar and just sit and watch the game and just have appetizers and just talk you know and i'd be like "Mm, i'm really not feeling that so if you want to go with your friends or you call your cousin or whatever you know i'm cool you know go ahead and do that and i'll be here when you get back like that was what i used used to say or he'd be like hey you know he loves the oakland raiders so like, hey, it's a it's a Raider game showing, you know, you wanna you wanna come watch it with me? And I'd be like, mm, well, okay. But then I, I might sit there for five minutes and then get up and go do something, you know? And if I ask him to watch any type of romance with me or go somewhere with me, he's always, sure, babe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, oh, it's you know what this. And man, I'm so happy. My husband just so happens to love everything that I love. <laughs> like, I am so lucky, uh-huh. you know? And I just did not think that, I, I did not put two and two together that, no, he he loves me. He wants to be my best friend. So he's willing to sacrifice. Hmm. And just, it's not about him loving the movie that I want to see or loving the certain shows that I'm really into. He's just like, you know, if this makes her happy, yeah. then I'm going to just sit with her and do it, nice. you know? And me, I'm over here like, mm, I'm really not feeling that, but no hard feelings. You go and you have fun. Gotcha. And really, he's just like, can you just do it just for me? Yeah. Like, can you just spend time with me? That's why I say all the time, like, I'm like the man, not all men, the, t- the typical man, you know? Because I'm just like, yeah, go ahead over there. You're good, you know? But come on and do, come into my world, but I don't want to have nothing to do with your world. Mm-hmm. You know, gotcha. and I was, I didn't see it. You know, I, I honestly didn't see it. I was just like, no, nah, I mean, 
I'm not a wife that's telling you, you can't do this. You can't do that. So I'm like, what you tripping about? You know, I'm telling you, go have fun. And he's just, and he's just like, you just don't get it. And I'm like, get what? Go have fun. Like, I, I'm, you're fine. There are other wives that are like, uh-uh, I don't want you doing this. I don't want you doing that. So I'm just like, babe, enjoy. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, okay. Then later I'm like, man, it's stupid. I was so stupid because he wanted to be with me. There's only one me and I'm his wife, you know? So it was just like, but I didn't, I did not get it, but I, I get it now, babe. Yeah. <laughs> you get it now. See, that's, see that, and that's, that's what it is. It's like now she knows to be in my world, you know? Because like I said, when a man finds a good thing, like that's his best friend, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's easy for us to not hang out with the boys all the time when you have a best friend, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, and and see, I was designed to cut off all the extras and spend your time with your wife because it's God first and your wife is second. The boys are, you know, down the line, you know. Yeah. And with me having my own business, I ain't really got time to go hanging out with fellas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so and plus, any, anyway, if I want to go out and hang out, I prefer to hang out with you. Yeah. Like I'd rather hang out with her you know, than anyone else, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, she finally got it and I appreciate it. Yeah, know? I love it. Wow, yeah. I love it, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So the next question I have is, what advice would you offer to black singles that you wish you would have known sooner about marriage? And maybe what are some of the hard conversations that more singles should be having before considering marriage? Stay single. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just, it is not, it, it's work. It's really work. And you really, really, really have to look at yourself. Um, you really have to look at you and figure out, am I ready to serve and sacrifice? Like, that's it. It's, it's, it's God, like you said, God, then your spouse. Like, are you ready to do that? You know, are you ready? And when things, okay, here's an example too. Um, you know, he normally takes out the trash, right? <laughs> I did so, it today. I did do it today. <laughs> so sometimes I'll be like, oh, babe, today's Tuesday. You know, make sure you take the trash out before I leave. And he's just like, oh, yeah, you know? Oh, I didn't put it on the corner today. Oh, see, okay. That's all right. That's all right, babe. So, but there, there are times that I'm just like, hey, don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do that. Or can you do this? Can you do that? And I, while, you know, just little errand type things, you know, mm-hmm. in the house or whatever. And I had to learn mm-hmm. that just because he doesn't do it right when I Come want on. him to do it, Come on. <laughs> I need to trust that he's still going to do it. Yeah. Or yes. if he doesn't do something the way that I want it to be done, <laughs> I need to just relax. Woo! You know, I need to just relax and just be like, it's okay. And that's hard. It's that's hard. Okay. It's I hard, understand. But I feel you on that, Toya. I feel it's you. Very difficult. <laughs> but, Let me tell you why it's difficult. Go ahead. You say your butt, but I want to tell you why it's difficult. Go ahead. But okay. When you let go, when you just let go and just let your spouse help you, then it's it is like a weight off, you know, because it's like, okay, he's gonna take out the trash. It's, it may not be done right this second, right? But it's gonna get done. Gonna get or done. you know what? He's gonna cook dinner. He may not do it, this dish, like I'm gonna do it, but I don't have to do it. Like, get over it, you know? So I, it, it's, hey, it ain't easy to get there, but when you just let go and let yes. your spouse do things, yes. like release control, um, then it's, 
it's, it, it gets better. Exactly, exactly. And see, and that is the role of the man and the woman in the marriage, mm -hmm. is the woman is to rest. Yeah. And the man is to provide. Okay. Not, they don't have to be like money and all that. If you want to go down the line with money and all that, I'm talking about deeper than that. Yeah. I'm talking about a man is supposed to create the environment hmm. where your wife can rest. I like the sound of that. That's what it is. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, don't get me preaching because we're going to get that Patreon up right now for real. Oh, I, I'll goodness. get going and explain you know, like she is the church and I'm the Christ. You rest in Christ. Yeah. Christ creates the environment. Mm. Okay. I'm not going to nowhere than that. I'm done. All right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So um, I did want to dive into some of the responses. So Amai, you had said, you gave an analogy um, when you were talking about being selfless, pretty much, um, saying pretty much that human beings, I guess, generally on a general scale, and correct me if I misread anything or misspeak anything, but you said that we don't know how to be selfless and we don't know how to sacrifice our emotions, especially for a spouse. And um, you said that it's a special increased capacity that only the few can express. And that is why you said that there may be so many children in foster care and the disease is selfishness. So I wanted to ask you if you can maybe elaborate more on that. Why do you feel it's a special increased capacity that only a few can express that sort of love? I think Toya wrote that and she just put my name on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I said all that. You, you see what I got to deal with now? I see <laughs> That's what you said. <laughs> All right, so shout out to shout out to Poindexter for, for putting that together for me, man. You know, <laughs> see, see, you can pay for someone to take your test for you in high school, and you can pay someone to fill out a questionnaire for you. I see. Oh <laughs> wow. All right, so okay, so we'll tag him. We'll tag him below. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I earned every C and D in school, by the way, every single one of them. All right. So, all right, look, all right. So what, what I was what I was explaining is um is in a nutshell, um, the greatest love, and we can argue this, is adoption. Okay. Mm -hmm. Whenever we are adopting a kid and stuff like that, you're actually inviting this kid to be in your family. This is non-blood. You're taking someone else's blood into your family. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, you can have your, it's, I want to, I'm using loose words, but it's easier to love a child that comes from you. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a challenge to love someone else's kid like your own. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a, it's a whole different part of your heart that you that you have to open up to in order to do that. So that's why I'm saying like when we adopt kids, that's a special, special, special thing that you can do. And it can be argued that that type of love can be just like slightly greater mm -hmm. than the love that you have for your own blood. Just like how we just slightly under the angels. We're just slightly <laughs> under the angels, right? So, so mm -hmm. if we can say we slightly under the angels, then we can say we can this, the adoption is slightly greater, which yeah. there could be some jealousy there because that's what God did to 
other people. And we recognize that when he brought in people that's not of his own, he adopted other people into his family. And there's a slightly little bit of, little bit of special love there for that, right? Okay, yes. so, so we see that, right? And we recognize that. So, so the comparison to that in the marriage is the only other time that you choose someone to be in your family, if you're not adopting a kid, is your spouse. Mm. You are adopting your spouse into your family. And that's a special kind of love. And guess what? It is a slightly greater <laughs> than the love of your mama, mm -hmm. your daddy, your brother, and your sister, your uncles and your cousins and your, and your aunties, et cetera, grandparents. Gotcha. Slightly greater. Gotcha. And for us to treat our spouses anything less than that is hypocritical. Because you're okay with someone adopting some kids or you adopt some kids and you want to fight for their rights and make sure that they're treated right. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to adopt your, but when you adopt your spouse, you want to treat them like mm -hmm. a redheaded stepchild. Right. <laughs> wow. Okay. I love the analogy. I found that interesting. Toya, did you want to go ahead and add on to that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> she hired the guy that I, that I yeah know. you nod that one out but so yeah, your responses too and some of the things that I had highlighted but I wanted to go ahead and let you have the same opportunity as well did you have any advice that you would offer to singles before that you wish you had known before you got married and then also what are some of the hard conversations that you would say more singles should be having before getting married um so I think I mentioned it, I guess, just making sure you're ready to just serve and, and sacrifice for someone. Um, and and don't, don't go into marriage like, what can this person do for me? Mm. How can we, um, what are they bringing to me? You know? Um, so as I'm, I'm watching, I watch, I try to watch a lot of re uh, relationship shows just to kind of know what's going on um, and what people are watching and what are people's expectations. And it's a lot of, you know, how are you going to make um, what are you going to do to make me better? And it's like, and that's, that's all that that's not going to last, you know? So it's just about, are you ready to put that aside? Because if you can mutually submit to one another, mm. then the growth is going to happen. You know, mm. if, if you're able to put that person first yes. and they're doing the same for you, then it's going to all those other little things that you're wanting. That's just going to happen. So mm. you have to just focus on, serving and sacrificing and walk into a marriage like that mm -hmm. and make sure that your expectations are talked about mm -hmm. you know like um and see that's something else we didn't do was talk about expectations mm -hmm. it was more of like well i just as long as i'm better than my parents but we didn't talk about that yeah. and he's just like well i i my parents are my model so right. i need my marriage to be like that and mm -hmm. we didn't talk about that right. so we both had different expectations we're both doing our own thing, you know, in our minds and our hearts, and which in, in the in the end, it really caused us to be like, oh my goodness, what is going on here? What are we gonna make it? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, so it's just a matter of are you at a point to where you can put someone else? That's why dating and courting is so important yeah. to have these conversations and to know is this somebody that I'm willing to serve and sacrifice? If they're not, yeah. then you need to end it. Yeah. And if you don't want to get married, you don't need to be dating. 
Right. You know, and True. and one more thing, like premarital sex. Oh, here we um, go. Even, we though, that. <laughs> even though it's you know, like premarital sex, man, it's it just causes so much. Mm. And and I mean, we did it. And yeah. and I feel like I'm it like caused it caused a lot of, a lot issues, of issues because it's like when you have sex with somebody. It's what, what is it like scientifically? The uh, yeah, dopamine, you dopamine and, and you're getting all these, you're getting high. Yeah, it's pretty much high, you know? what happens when you snort cocaine. Yeah. That's what happens when you have an orgasm with somebody. Right. And you don't see their faults. You don't see any of these no. things. You're, you're just, just like, you're, you're high. You're addiction. You have an addiction. You have an addiction yeah. now to this person. Yep. And that addiction is there for months, you know? And it's just like, I don't know if, if we're going to be together. I don't know what we're doing. And it's so many people that are just treating it like a regular date, like a hookup is like, that's right. just normal. Right. And it's right. like, it's just so messed up what it's really doing, you right. know, to everybody. I got off with that, but. Hey, well, no, we're going to actually get it. She's starting to preach like, look, she just got, got woo, there it is. Like, like, get it in right there. I love know? it though. I yeah, love it though. Get, yeah, we're gonna get to that a little bit later. I do. Oh, have, yeah. yeah, we're gonna get yeah. to that a little I'm bit. Just later. Saying, she's come a long way from. Hey, how do you think about this movie? I don't want to talk about this movie too. Talk about like premarital sex is gonna cause issues in your relationship <laughs> and stuff like that. Like she has come a long way. Uh -huh. Nice. Hey, progress and growth is what it's all about. So hey. yeah, man, yeah. I, I I appreciate it. You know, so. I love hearing your perspective, so I'm going to throw a little curveball at you guys. So there's oh. a lot of conversation between, like, singles. Um, you know, they talk about, like, the Bible says um, a wife is supposed to submit herself onto her husband and that passage. So can we talk a little about that? Because, Sawyer, you mentioned about submission and, you know, being servant and all of that. So I would like to, like, both of you to share your perspective on that. <laughs> so let's go. I think um, a lot of people um, that don't read the Bible mm -hmm. and don't really understand it, they take it as like, if you, well, I, and I see it all the time, even online where people are just like, oh no, I'm, I would never submit to a man. And it's like, you don't stay single then, you know, really, then if that's how you feel, then stay single because, it, and they feel like submission is like your doormat. Or mm -hmm. like, um, like shoot, you're you're being abused, and a man is just telling you what to do, and you you just over here like, oh okay, and scared and nervous. Mm -hmm. But that's not submission. Um, submission is more of I tell people all, and I say this too online, and I tell people, do you think Claire Huxtable submitted to to um, what what was his name? Um, <laughs> the Cosby no, Show. No one knows his name. What? No, what is it? <laughs> Huxtable. Yeah, anyway, the Cosby. Yeah. I tell people all the time, like, do, do you look at her as a submissive wife? Right. And it's like because that's what she was. She was like, you know, they had conversations together. She listened to her husband. It's not so much of, you know, my husband is telling me what to do, and I right. have no giving voice. up your will or something like that. I think that's what people feel. That's what people think, and it's just like it's just. But you know, people try people jumble up the Bible so bad right, anyway. Right. But it's like I just try to educate people. That's not what submission is. It is honestly just like I look at him as he's the head of the house. Right. That does not mean he's my boss. That does not mean I don't have a say. Ooh, uh, my client. Okay. My client sits. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I got a You're fine. But that is not what that means. So I just try to educate people on what submission really, really means. And it's just really respecting him as, as the man. And as a woman, it's more like, 
like he still respects me you know what i'm saying like we we talk about everything we come together about things but it's actually easier for me because i don't have to be like okay let me think of this and let me do this and i need to come up with this like i can go to my husband and say hey what do you think of this what do you think of that and we just talk about it you know um it's just i'm just not making decisions by myself because i'm married so it's just that's really all submission is, is just including him. Hmm. Like, let's just keep it simple. I'm just going to include him. Right. And that's pretty much all it is. And not, I'm not, you know, because I can be very bossy. Let's just be honest. Yes. Um, I can be very bossy and I've had to tone that down. But now that I've toned it down and I realize yes. it's us against everybody. It's, he's not, I'm not going against him. And it's like, and when you look at your husband, like, no, it's us. Like, I, we love our son, but he's not going to come between us. You know, like it's, it's always going to be us and we're going to have conversations and we're going to talk about our wants, our desires, our goals and work towards those things together. And right. that's really all submission is. And, and he submits to me. Like, right. that's why I tell you all the time. It's mutual submission. Right, right. You know, at the end of the day, it's mutual, but I respect him because right. it's God then my husband and he is the head of the house right but it's not so much of him being the boss and right not and, and one quick caveat is like fellas like she was using the the cosby example you can't like force a woman to submit to you right you can't just like right you know it's, it's like a woman's submission like think of it like you know you find a good find a wife you find a good thing like she's your treasure right and no one's entitled to a treasure a treasure is a gift so therefore everything that your wife does for you is a gift her submission to you is a gift yeah. you're supposed to treasure that submission that she gives you right and like i love how she says it's mutual and and, and i love that example of of claire and Heathcliff because you know uh, he didn't force her but a lot of men are out here not doing it the way that we saw him on TV with the Cosby's and, and they're forcing their wives to submit. You can't force a woman on pudding pops, man. You know what I'm saying? Like she ain't trying to eat that, bro. Like, you know, she wants to do something completely different. We don't know what's in the pudding pops, man. And let me add this too. Let, let me add this too. So I, I do hear a lot of men saying, you know, my wife won't submit to me and you know, she just not, she won't respect me. She talks to me any kind of way or she doesn't really listen at all. And I have one thing to say, as the man, what type of environment are you setting up for her? Um, Because if a woman doesn't feel safe or she feels like you're not making good decisions for the family, then we know how to do it. You know, we know how to step up and we will. Um, But if you are having problems with your your wife, and that's probably because she doesn't feel safe with your decisions or with how you run the house. Um, and so it's like, you, you need, a, I need the men to be men yes. and to step up and do it so that the woman will want to submit to right, you. Right. you know, so you have to, don't blame your wife for saying she's not respecting me, she's not doing this. You need to look at yourself and be like, what am I doing so that right. it's making her feel like she's not safe right. enough to trust me. Right. A true <laughs> alpha man knows when to be beta. It's like, you don't see lions prowling through the jungle. Just growling and chasing, you know, animals all day long. Sometimes I'm lying, just sitting down, relaxing. Mm-hmm. So they talk about like, be an alpha man, be an alpha man. You out there, you know, just, you know, being all huffed and puffed mm-hmm. up and, and angry and, and, and overly confident. Like an alpha male knows 
when to also be beta. And with that, I got to take my call my client. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, am like totally over, so I understand. I understand. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. I love uh -huh. you. <laughs> okay. okay. I can. We're good. <laughs> Do you mind holding it down for a little bit? Until no, I'm, no, I'm fine with that. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, I do want to say that I've always seen it as kind of like um, leading with submission, I guess, from the man's perspective as well. I think that that is something that, and kind of what you guys are saying and tying into. So I love the angle that you guys have shared with that. Thank you for breaking that down. The next question that I had was, in what ways do you feel the Black community's experiences or struggles with marriage, love, and family may or may not be unique in comparison to another culture? Oh, well, I guess for us, the past, right? So with, with the men just being incarcerated a lot or the drugs that were out, you know, so based on our past and families being split up in slavery. So when you just go back to the African-American history, um, that's what makes us different is we have a history of not having a mother and father type household. Um, you know, and I look at both of my parents came from broken families, you know, um, both of my grandparents were divorced, you know, dad and mom's side. And so it's like, it's just part of our history. And so that's what makes us kind of different is now I feel like I'm, I'm feeling like now it's becoming a thing where you actually find someone and you make it work, you know, and you're really, we're really trying to change, uh, the past of our, the generational past that we have. Um, but because of slavery, incarcerations, drugs, you know, and just, you know, daddy just left, found somebody and just left the whole family, you know, um, and it, that was just a norm for so long. Yeah. And I don't know that other cultures kind of had to deal with it. Now, today, I feel like um, a lot of cultures are dealing with that. It's not just the black culture. Um, but in the past, I just feel like our history of it just goes back so far because of the African-American history in this country. So. Sure, I definitely agree with that. So yeah. Not there at all. Um, you kind of touched on it a little bit about like, you know, with your parents and the examples that you saw in the household. In the, household. the next question I had was, um, did you feel, how did you feel your childhood experiences may have impacted your adulthood and how you show up in marriage? So was there anything else that you might want to add, you know, from your childhood growing up and how that I know you already spoke about how it showed up in your marriage and that you wanted to like be different than your parents. Was there anything else you wanted to add on to that? Yeah, so really when I was growing up, it was more of my parents didn't argue, they didn't fight, but they just weren't together. Like I never saw them go out on dates. I never saw them kiss. It was more of they were just friends under the same roof, you know? Um, and so for me, that's why I thought that's good. So if, if I can find somebody where we could be friends and date, you know, then I'm like, then we're good. Then that'll be better than what I saw. Um, but yeah, so that's how it was in my house. So I really, you know, being physical touch, I didn't really see that. So I wasn't really used to that. I had to kind of mm. learn. And now, surprise, surprise, I like it. You know, I'm like, hey, baby, let's go somewhere so we can hold hands. You know, uh -huh. just So now nice. I actually like it. I never, you know, but I didn't see it. I didn't experience it. And then like other families or other couples in my in my family, you know, really didn't, you know, uncles that's always got a different woman, you know, so I'm just like, you know, my parents were married for what, like 27 years, you know, before they divorced. So I'm just like, well, let me just try to find somebody where we can actually be friends, you know, but again, my expectations was twisted because we weren't friends. I thought we were, but we weren't, you know? So, but anyway, so that's why I do what I do now. 
<laughs> awesome. What would you yeah. say just to kind of piggyback off of that? Because I feel like there are a lot of, like you said, a lot of the black experiences is that broken homes, broken families, only, you know, single mothers, not having the father. What would you say um, they should maybe be more intentional? Like, what would you say is the remedy for having a childhood that doesn't exactly model, you know, an ideal marriage? How would you say that people should like approach that? Like, do they need to be intentional and say, okay, I know what, I, what I've what i seen growing up, but I know this is what I want. How did you, I guess, kind of like share how you, like, you know, adjusted? Okay, so it honestly, it was with my church family. So um, I go to a big church, uh, one community church here in, in Plano. And um, we are a part, we have life groups, which I know a lot of churches have small groups and all of that. So uh, with us being involved with our life group, that's what kind of really showed us like, okay, like these people have been married for 20 something years or these people have been married for 10 or five or whatever, but we're all, we have a community is the point. So when you have a community of people that you see, okay, like they actually are doing something right. You know, so I, what I would tell a single is um, make sure that you are you have a community around you. So of course you have your single friends, but make sure that you know some married people too. You know, that way you can have conversations with them. Um, counseling. Now, if you, I see a lot of like um, dating coaches and that type of thing, um, which is fine, but I would really recommend you talk with some married coaches or some married counselors, that type of thing, because you know, you're not trying to become an expert dater. You know, you're trying to get married. So yeah. you want to talk to somebody that's doing what your goal is to do. Um, and just surround yourself with those type of people. And I know um, some years ago, a friend of ours um, that was single, she was single at the time. And she was just like, man, I really want to get married. Like, what do y'all think I should do? So she would come over and we would literally just have conversations and talk to her about marriage. And like, what should she look for? And as she's dating, like, Here's some things that y'all need to have conversations about. And now she's married and pregnant with her second kid. You know, <laughs> so it's just like, but she she was like, you know what? Y'all are married and I want to know what that looks like. Like, I don't want to just hang out with single people and have conversations with people that don't know anything about marriage. And it's just like, you know what? I wish I would have did that, you know, when I was single. So I would know something, you know? So that's what I would recommend is... Okay really being around married people and just having a community that you can go to like you know some married women if you're a woman and if you're a man and that's another thing um a lot of men maybe didn't grow up with their dad you know um or they don't really know men in their lives that have been married a long time and so they get married they might be the only one you know that's married in their family and they get married and when things don't go right they want to bounce and, you know, because they don't have any mo role models in their life. And yeah. it's just like, no, especially our men, they need that because we need them. We need our men to be there for us and to hold us down so that we can support them. But if the man doesn't have any type of outside community or support, he's going to be ready to go, you know? And so that's, that's it. Like role models for real that really know and not people that are just married, but people that are married that have gone through something. So when, when things get tough, they can be like, look, you tripping, go back home, go talk to your wife, do, you know what I'm saying? Not yeah. somebody's like, well, look, dude, 
I've been married three times. If you ain't happy, you define <laughs> happiness. Like, no, no, no. We're not talking about that friend. You know, we're talking about the one that is like, no, it is it, work and you need to go sit down and do it. You know? So love it, love it. So pretty much yeah. plugging to a good source of community with examples that can encourage and support that. Love it, love it. Yes, yes. Love it. So um, if you guys have any questions for Toya, please drop it in the chat. We're going to get ready to wrap up here with the last question. This is the big one where um, we were talking about the premarital sex is where we got into it. Um, yeah. So now you're here. You got to hold it down. Okay. <laughs> the question was, can you share your thoughts on relationships, dating and marriage today? What do you feel is needed to make marriage successful? And um, that was kind of the question right there. So go ahead. I'll let you clear the way so what is it going to take for a marriage to be successful yeah what's it what are your thoughts on the environment right now as far as dating relationships um and marriage um, and then like what would it take for a marriage to be successful i think you hit a big um factor when you mentioned having you know examples plugging into you know good examples um was there anything else you wanted to add and then also this was the one where you guys were talking about you know premarital sex um and I asked, I actually wanted you guys to go deeper than that, um, what we had said. So you said, um, stop treating dating like a marriage, basically refrain from sex until marriage because premarital sex is a core issue that breaks everything down. It causes most of the unresolved issues. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier about how it creates like these strong bonds. And then that kind of just like amplifies things. So yeah. um, what else? Um, marriage is no longer special and sex should be given to the spouse, not to a special partner and not as a reward for dating, you know, a certain period of time. It's not something that should be tested to make sure that it's good or not. Um, it's an actual physical act that marries you, not a piece of paper, pastor or judge. And then what you had said was as Christians, we are supposed to die to our flesh and serve Christ daily. And that's exactly what we're supposed to do in a marriage and have mutual submission. That's where it came in. I knew I heard it somewhere, mutual submission. Um, most people think that marriage is about them and what they need and what this person can do for me but it's not what's gonna make the marriage successful. In order for it to be successful, people have to get satisfaction from serving someone else and not in the hopes of getting anything in return to that. So that was just a brief summary of both of your responses. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to add to it? I did want you to speak a little bit more to you know both aspects of it, if you don't mind. Okay, so with the dating part, yeah. So what it looks like is what I or what I'm seeing is just that again that thing where everybody's trying to say, you know, I want to be happy. Like that's it. I want to be happy. How are you going to make me happy? What are you bringing to me? How much money are you making? That type of thing. And it's like so. Of course, when you meet somebody, it's more of like, what's going on? Uh, what am I looking for? You know, what can I do for you? So it's like, are you even? Do you believe in the same thing? You know, what are your goals? What are your expectations of marriage? Do you want kids? Like, do we have chemistry? Now, chemistry can come and go. Let's, I'm just going to be honest, okay? Chemistry, if, when people are together, because it's like, oh, it's just something about you, you know, that something about you can slide on away. So you have <laughs> to make sure that you're always being intentional. But of course, you need that initial chemistry, the personalities, the laughter, you know, this, the same interest, that type of thing. So you definitely need that when you're dating. Um, and then when you're like, okay, this is somebody that I am willing to serve and sacrifice. So then you talk about, okay, let's get married and you get to that point. But then you have to continue to be intentional. You have to be able to have conversations and date and do these things even when you don't feel like it or else 
you will slide down that hole and you are now unhappy and you're looking at this person like, oh, do I really want to still be with you? Do you really make me happy? And that's when you have to then go back, dig deep, find your relationship rhythm again. So on one hand, when you're dating, it's just like focus on the, are you having fun together? Am I really willing to serve and sacrifice for you? Then you move on to the engaged and married and you know, you're talking about expectation, you're talking about goals. And when it comes to um, like finances, you know, um, I know a lot of people divorce over finances. Yeah. And that's so easy. It's like if you just talk about your goals and your expectations, you know, with each other and you're both being obedient because you know your goals. Like I know it's easier said than done, but if you're saving up for a house or you're saving up for a trip and one person is spending all the money and it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. But if you sit down and really talk about your goals, so you both know, no, we are on mission to do this by this date. So if you do these things and have conversations, then those things won't happen. Um, and then um, with the back to the premarital sex thing, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm bouncing around. I'm trying to make sure yeah. I get it. Um, but with the premarital sex, so again, that's about happiness. It's, it's instant gratification mm -hmm. and it's not, it's not gonna with it's not gonna withstand everything because I tell and somebody else asked me like how do you avoid um, big fights or how do you avoid somebody cheating on you and you can't avoid like anything because after you get married you, you let's say you get a job you know so now that's a whole nother stress you have kids now it's stress responsibilities you know a family member passes away. You know, now that's grief you're dealing with. So it's like when life happens, you're you're up and down in your relationship and you have to make sure that you're with somebody that is sacrificing for you um, because you, they're going to need to pick up the slack when you're when you're not, you know. And so it's just it's just an up and down roller coaster. You can make sure that you're steadily having conversations. You're steadily dating each other. You're just steadily being intentional really and when you feel like oh my goodness I just don't like you right now you need to go back and sit down and start somewhere and say hey okay we're going to start doing date nights we're going to have our conferences where we just talk about our feelings and and what's missing like what were you doing that you're not doing or what what do I really need from you what are the expectations what are the goals what do we need to get back to where we were or to be better than where we were so it's just like you have to kind of be intentional really I mean, just on a daily. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I know that you mentioned like you do the marriage podcast. Would you like to share a little bit about that for listeners out there? And I'll also add, you know, the hashtag on um, the tag that you have for it. So go ahead and share a little bit about the podcast. Thing. All right. The <laughs> podcast is called the Relation Shop Podcast. And we are on Apple, Spotify, Google, and probably some other uh, networks. But those are the top three. And um, so we started the podcast like over a year ago and it's myself, um, Eric Wooten, he is, he was the uh, family counselor, or family counselor, family pastor at our church. And he's also a licensed counselor. So he counsels couples. And then we have um, Jason Fowler. He's actually a chiropractor, but we all three met in um, our life group. And um, so we, we wanted to just kind of start. So for me, after 2017, when Ahmad and I, we kind of hit rock bottom in our marriage and wanted to get back and build up. And it's like through that healing process is when I realized like, oh my goodness, like marriages is my passion. 
like for real, you know, after we went through everything that we went through and built back up again, and now we're better than ever. I'm like, okay, if we can go through what we went through, hitting rock bottom and rebuilding, then these other people, like they go through stuff, but hello, like you can get, your, your marriage can be restored. You know, you can, you just have to put in the work. And so, um, and I tell people all the time, like, it, it's not easy. It is not easy, but it is so worth it. You know, it, it really is. And so um, now that has just become my passion. But every, every week we have a show, we talk about different topics. So we do um, some on dating. Most of it is kind of on marriage, but we do a lot of dating shows as well. And yeah, um, yeah. Hmm? you have a certain day and time. Well, no, um, every Saturday is when the new show is uploaded. Okay. Yeah. So, so every Saturday. And I think now we have about 64, 65 shows uploaded. So we have a big library of things you can kind of go from. So uh, if you go back to the very beginning, you will hear three people like brand new to podcasting. But all the time <laughs> we get back. <laughs> uh -huh. Nice. Hey, I love it. Love it. You got to start somewhere. So yeah, yeah. As you go. well, I really thank you and appreciate you for making the time this evening to share with me as well as the black community. Um, any final words of advice or final sayings before we call it a night? Oh man, no, I guess just, man, just be intentional y'all. We can do this. It is beautiful. And uh, you can reach me on Toya underscore marriage advice on Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. You have a wonderful evening. Okay. Thank you, Mel. You too. All right. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye.